Welcome to Witham Sounding Board, a podcast sharing powerful business tips, insights, and trends for those seeking to become a rock star in their industry. Hi, I'm Joe Holman, ESG's practice leader at Witham Advisors, and I'm joined here with Dan Viola, uh, the SEC practice leader at Sadis and Goldberg. Uh, thank you, Dan, for coming on. Oh, thanks, Joe, for having me. It was a pleasure, and um, looking forward to speaking about ESG with you today. So a lot's happened since our breakfast uh, back of several months ago. Um, so why don't you tell us like what updates there might have been with the SEC and um, yeah, go from there. Sure. I um, I really appreciated being invited to your event uh, at the New York Athletic Club. I thought it was a great venue and we had some, you know, wonderful speakers and and I was able to sort of learn a lot uh, about what the climate of investors and managers uh, in, in our space were looking at for ESG. Uh, and, you know, from my perspective, the SEC is very focused on disclosure and they propose disclosures for ESG um, in, in prospectuses, annual reports, investment advisor brochures, um, and, the, and the form is, is, is broad enough and the questions are broad enough to cover forms NCEN for a registered investment company and form ADV, uh, part 1A uh, for fit investment advisors uh, and also um, uh, you know different types of uh, brochure supplements like the part 2A and the part 2B. Uh, so basically, the SEC is saying, you know, we want to get feedback from the industry on what needs to be disclosed for those managers that are uh, expressing that they take into account ESG factors in their investment strategy. Now, uh, and, yep. I was going to say, now, we're sort of at the same spot, you know, back in the fall when we did this. Has there been any update or word from the SEC when they're planning on divulging their plans in terms of disclosing ESG? Yeah, so I tried to follow up to see exactly where this proposal is with the SEC. And I think they had some technical comment uh, uh, period uh, issues and they went back and extended the comment period to allow for additional comments. I think most of the comments are pretty uh, positive and straightforward. Uh, I think there there's a need for disclosure in this area. The SEC wants to avoid the greenwashing, uh, you know, people who are saying things about ESG just to bolster their their market share or trying to get some, uh, you know, investors to uh, put money into their funds, uh, but without really taking it seriously or having having the right procedures in place. So I think we're going to see some more comments and I think we're going to see the SEC uh, provide some guidance and might, you know, maybe change the proposal. But I think. We're looking probably at the end of the year uh, before we see any real firm uh, delivery of, of, of guidelines or rules from the SEC. Okay. What I mean, it's, I guess this greenwashing issue follows up with uh, them putting ESG as an exam priority uh, in their last release. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the, the SEC exam and, um, and, and uh, enforcement priorities, uh, we've been able to review some some feedback from the SEC uh, regarding those exam priorities and ESG is, is front and center, um, you know, along with the uh, cybersecurity and, and uh, crypto and, and, and a lot of other issues. But but ESG is definitely something the SEC is concerned about. Now, moving on to from that, I mean, 
you mentioned crypto and ESG. I mean, it's almost like those are two really bad words these days. I mean, Congress is at war with the ESG. They are now both House and the Senate passed resolutions uh, the end of last month, beginning of this month, uh, trying to change the U.S. Department of Labor uh, rules around the ESG rule, where pension funds can invest in ESG. Um, what's what's that mean to the world of ESG for uh, I know you're not an ESG attorney, but what's that mean for pension and 401k plans? Well, I, I think there's a, a split here. I think um, the states are really fighting over uh, whether or not ESG factors should be considered in, in, in raising um, assets or being part of a, an investment strategy that might impact the returns. Um, and we've seen a split with the states and, um, you know, I, I think that some states are going to prohibit <clears throat> investments in ESG related funds, especially if there's, uh, you know, exclusions and and types of uh, disclosures that indicate that there won't be uh, or there will be some some impact on on ESG factors in the portfolio. Do you think uh, the fiduciaries of these pension plans and 401k plans are going to be hesitant about offering them to their employees? or certainly the, on the 401k plans? Um, yep, I think, that, yep I, I think that's going to be a real issue depending on what state, um, you know, the, the plan is based. Um, you know, it certainly raises the question. I think, you know, if you ask, um, you know, 10, um, you know, 10 investors in a, in a 401k or something about what's most important to them, you know, I don't know if it's going to really be the environment or or social or governance or, uh, you know, equality with respect to um, the workplace. I think it's, you know, you know, most people are concerned about those issues, but if it's going to impact their portfolio in, in a real material way on the downside, um, you know, I think they will be upset. And I think there's um, there's a subjective standard involved. And if somebody's making the decision that's real pro environment. Uh, and then that might, you know, conflict with some of the other, you know, people who are invested uh, or, or maybe have, you know, money at stake because they're in, in, in directly in the pension plan. You know, those, those issues are going to be ripe for conflict and, and, and litigation. Now you mentioned the States. I mean, the States are all over ESG, especially uh, the state of Florida where they're actually issuing uh, language for managers, pension, Florida pension plans are issuing languages to managers not to use ESG with the investment process if it affects returns. So it specifically says uh, that they're prohibited from using social, political, or ideological in ideological interests in developing their portfolio if it affects returns. I mean, that's got to be scary for all of the funds out there that are um, ESG compliance. I mean, what like what can uh, like what kind of damages can a manager suffer by accepting money like this when they have ESG plans? Well, I, I think the downside would be you know if they don't really fully understand the state restrictions or mandates, you know they could be facing a lawsuit for uh, violating the objectives or restrictions of that particular client. Or investor, if it's going to be more memorialized in a in a, in a side letter, um, so 
you know, I think I think by an, by analogy, Joe, we we talked about this a little bit before. You know, a lot of a lot of clients said, I don't want to invest in you know big tobacco. I don't want tobacco stocks in my portfolio. And for years, it was sort of just an acceptable statement, you know. And now here's something where somebody says, uh, you know, I want environmental protection. I want environmental uh, efforts in the portfolio. Uh, and it's and it's involving, you know, some sort of analysis of, of a of a political nature. And, um, you know, ultimately, I think I think the fund managers are going to have to decide, you know, how they're going to direct their portfolio. But they, wow. what they can't do, they can't do is say, you know, we are pro ESG on one hand and then take somebody's money uh, from a, a like a Florida pension plan that says, uh, you know, we're not going to utilize ESG in, in, in our on our portfolio process. So now now you've got a, str- a stark conflict between, you know, what you told investors uh, and, and what's actually happening. And that's exactly what the SEC would bring an enforcement case on. So you think the SEC would look down upon me as a marketer telling, say, the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Norway that we don't invest in oil and gas. And then we tell Florida that we invest in everything and we love oil and gas. You think that they would have a problem with that? That's exactly what I, I it's exactly uh, what I was trying to say, Joe. It's, it's uh, you know, you have to be consistent with your investment objective process. Uh, you can't just, you know, have a policy that says one thing and you don't follow it. Um, and it's going to draw a lot of conflict with uh, with trying to select maybe a non-U.S. based manager to oversee a fund. There, there, there's a lot of instances where Europe is so much stricter on ESG and, and they mandate this process and they and they have uh, rules in place that are, I think, you know, way advanced uh, compared to what the SEC has done. And the SEC's rules are largely based, I want to say, on some of the European uh, standards or the non-U.S. standards. Um, so, you know, there's going to be a, a tremendous conflict. And I think the managers are going to have to really evaluate the mandates of those pension funds state by state. Yeah, that's a good point where uh, these pe- pension funds of Florida and Texas and other states uh, might be blocked, prohibited from investing in uh, the European funds who, you know, through the EU taxonomy and SFDR, uh, factor in and prohibit uh, oil, gas, guns, and the other, you know, political topics of the day here in the U.S. So um, I don't know where they're going to go with that. But from a, uh, from a, just from a SEC, not SEC obviously doesn't want you to talk out of both sides of your mouth. But what happens if the state of Florida challenges you and says that, you know, how could they prove noncompliance? So there's two ways I think they can do that. They can look at your offering documents and see what kind of representations you have in your, your investment strategy or your, your, your investment uh, description and your, Part 2A, your brochure, if you're a registered investment advisor, uh, in your marketing materials. You might have um, a due diligence questionnaire that you filled out, or you might have a, a PowerPoint slide presentation that talks about these types of factors. And, um, you know, if you if you have a reference of some sort that talks about how you're going to utilize ESG in your process, you know, and and you and you're adhering to that, it could be a problem with uh, with a state pension like 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 Florida or Texas. Um, likewise, if people relied on your ESG you know analysis or your 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 
objectives in connection with including ESG related factors in your portfolio process and, and somebody decides that they're not going to do that, you know, that's that's a lawsuit waiting for, for the other side to happen. So, um, so, you, so you think there's actual economic damages more than just the investor leaves the fund? Yeah, I mean, the damages are going to be based on, you know, experts. So whenever there's a lawsuit uh, and there's a, a there's a success or a victory, there's a, as a damage calculation as part of every lawsuit. So, you know, that's usually done with um, with experts. So you'll have one expert that comes in and maybe compares the portfolio to, um, you know, if something didn't include ESG related factors and maybe they take a group of securities that are uh, outside of the ESG framework. And then they, you know, they do an analysis on, on how that would have performed with plus or minus uh, some sort of averages that they, um, they assume or certain assumptions they disclose. And then the other side takes an expert and sort of contradicts that review and, and states their own type of. But at the end, you know, the judge or jury determines whether or not the damages make sense and, and how much should be awarded. So it could be quite expensive if, say, you boycott, if you said you didn't boycott oil, but you did. And then oil, like last year, was up 70%. It could actually be quite an expensive mistake that your marketing team made. That's right. So, well, with that in mind, what can managers do about this? Because there's economics involved. There's, you know, reputation involved. And this is at the core of their business, which is their investment strategy. Yeah, I think I think there's two solutions there. I think I think you got to, you know, Talk with your counsel about how your disclosure looks in your offering documents, and not just the, the you know the the final you know version of the of the private placement memorandum, but you know your 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 form ADV, uh, your marketing materials. All those have to be reviewed carefully, and then training. You know the the second point is training. You you have to train your marketing group. You have to sit down and explain, you know what's happening in this sector and and how sensitive it is. Uh, so that there's no, you know, um, no, no, uh, no evidence that could be uh, obtained through discovery that might indicate that you were talking about ESG factors only to, you know, win a mandate. When in, and in reality, there might be evidence that you have memorialized with a with an email or a text message where you you contrary, you know, you, you were basically saying things contrary to that marketing pitch, just to uh, went over the assets, uh, you know, and that's a classic greenwashing. The SEC is really concerned about people who mislead the investors. Uh, they want to protect those investors. They want to make sure that managers are allocating their capital efficiently uh, and, and consistent with what they're what they're disclosing to those investors. So I guess really a good review of the documents, not just your PPM, but your marketing documents and your duty due diligence questionnaires that go to the investors and prospects uh, have your counsel look at that. Um, and then just my last question is in from filling out form ADV. We know that the SEC is looking at people to put managers to put ESG in there if they use it in their investment process, but are managers currently just putting it in their form ADV today um, in like the brochure, the part 2A section? Uh, just to disclose it. Yeah, that, that's a good point. There's currently disclosure already uh, that that uh, managers are putting in uh, to their 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 form ADV or their offering documents that really highlight ESG. 
uh, most of that disclosure centers around uh, how ESG will be used in, in the in the portfolio, and that it is a vital part of the portfolio, and how um, how the firm is is also implemented uh, various um, procedures to make sure that they're internally uh, at the investment manager level complying with certain environmental standards, and 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 maybe they're part of a, a PRI. Uh, you know, grouping or they're they're um, trying to be certified in an area. So there's a lot. There's a big push for disclosure already, but the new the new proposed release from the SEC that talks about additional disclosure is really drilling down to each one of these strategies and and asking specific questions uh, so that they can um, you know to really to really make sure investors know what the investment strategy looks like with the ESG factors. Well, with form ADV due in twenty uh, something days, this is probably pretty relevant for managers to think about and give people like you a call. Um, any final thoughts you have, or you want to say to managers, pension funds regarding what's happening in the world of ESG? Yeah, just just keep in mind that this is an SEC hot topic, and um, you know your disclosure is is imperative in this area. And if you uh, you have questions, uh, you know, reach out to counsel. Uh, or to your consultant, you know, anyone that has a, uh, a background on this so that you can uh, be, you know, fully informed. Well, thank you, uh, Dan. And um, I hope to uh, have you on again. And we can discuss this when these rules have been updated in probably 90 to 180 days from now. So take care and uh, look for uh, our next session. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be first in line to hear what's coming next. Don't want to wait for our next episode? Check us out at Witham.com. That's W-I-T-H-U-M.com.